Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. going on guys thanks for tuning in to another episode of the ready gold standard podcast my name is zach hernandez and today i'm joined by my co-host matt wellen we got our guy mike andrews from nothing but niners and we're going to be discussing what's going on with this weird smear campaign with trey lance this offseason i see we already have a couple comments in our comment section talking about it's not a smear campaign we're going to get into why we think it is um before I throw it over to Matt, if you guys are watching on Twitter, head over to youtube.com slash 49ers. I've joined from there so we can actually see and interact with your comments. We're not ignoring you. We just can't see them. So, Matt, is it a smear campaign? What's going on with the media right now? It's definitely a smear campaign. Let me let me tell you something. If some dude who nobody's ever heard of since he retired from the NFL has to come out and define something called arm fitness, just this new made up term. For a kid that like, what do you, what do we talk arm fitness? What does that even mean? You know, and he's saying, oh, you can fix it by working out in the off season. I don't know. Are you watching the videos? It, yeah. This is just real weird. The situ- the whole situation is weird. You think about all the guys that are coming into their second year, right? Trevor Lawrence, 17 picks, 12 touchdowns. You know, Zach Wilson, more interceptions than touchdowns. Justin Fields, more interceptions than touchdowns. Mac Jones, five picks in his last four games, looked completely overmatched in the playoffs. No questions about any of those guys. Lawrence gets, oh, it's it's Jacksonville. Oh, it was Urban Meyer. Wilson gets, oh, it's the Jets. The Jets suck. Justin Fields get, oh, well, Matt Nagy was a terrible coach, right? And then Mac Jones, I don't, I don't know, but that's who everybody apparently wanted in the national media for the 49ers. Trey Lance, the guy that we've seen the least that had more touchdowns than interceptions in the two regular season games that he started. All of a sudden, oh, his arm is going to burn out. Oh, he's not going to be able to make it. You, what are you talking about? It's not a smear campaign. That's absolutely what it is. I've never seen more people just make up stuff. You know, the the Matt Lombardos, the 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 whoever else, the Chris Harris, whatever, whatever you want to say. You know, Chris Sims still bent that his boy Kyle Shanahan didn't tell him he was taking Trey Lance. It's so weird to me. I don't get it. And I've never seen so many people what seems like actively rooting for a kid to fail. I, I don't understand it at all. It's really weird. Um, some of the comments. Uh, I'm going to read real quick and I'm going to throw it to Mike. There's no smear campaign. Earn the starting job. Win some games. Lance doesn't need this PR nonsense. Ken Martin said it is a smear campaign. If you smear his name before the campaign or even say it or even during it, you say things that may not be true. 
Um, I agree. I think it is some weird sort of PR that's going on. And Matt, I think you said it best is which other second year quarterbacks are getting this weird, but these weird questions, like you said, arm fitness, arm fatigue. I mean, it's like, I kind of said jokingly, do we even know that he could stand up for four quarters? It's like, these things are not questioned about any other quarterback, let alone player. Mike, is it a smear campaign? What is going on with Trey Lance right now? And what's your opinion on it? Yeah, guys. I mean, look, it's it's definitely a, a smear campaign, but it's also people trying to like get clicks and you know interactions, right? Like, again, we're weaponizing our fan base, and we react to the negativity harder than anybody else that I know. Like, you'll see someone's you go through this person's timeline, right, and you'll see twenty likes here, thirty likes there. Right. And then you go to this tweet and it's 7000 of them. And then there's, you know, 4000 retweets. And all of a sudden this is his biggest, most popular tweet. But it's 100 percent a smear campaign. But there, there's two sides to it. Right. Like they they want to see this kid do well. Everyone does, including the 49ers. But they're still Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to play devil's advocate for this whole segment. OK, what if the Niners told this guy to tweet this out? If the Niners can convince just one team that they're not satisfied with Trey Lance and they want Jimmy Garoppolo to be their starter on week one, Jimmy Garoppolo's value, no matter what it is, has increased a little bit, no matter what it is. So what if, just what if, what if that's the case? I mean, I think it's a good question. Go ahead, Matt. I don't know. I Listen, we all, we all know math. We've been doing math for a long time. If they want to double Jimmy Garoppolo's value, his value is zero. So two times zero is still zero. Nobody wants his bum. Coming off a of shoulder surgery, of I, I shouldn't say bum. He's like a he's a starting level quarterback, but everybody knows what Jimmy is. And the knock, the reason why they drafted Trey was because Jimmy couldn't stay healthy. Lo and behold, what's happening? Jimmy is having another injury, another surgery, or whatever, and that's fine. I actually think it's not the 49ers. I think it's Jimmy stands that are having an axe to grind with Trey Lance because their boy's getting replaced, and that's part of it. I think too. It's just you can't arm fitness is something you worry about, like when a baseball pitcher is coming back from like a Tommy John surgery. Right. You're just like, okay, we're going to only let you pitch like 50, 60 pitches in a start because we want to, you know, work your arm up football. I mean, come on now. Uh, Trey Lance clearly has a cannon Um, and it's getting so bad now that that. Jimmy Garoppolo's best friend on the team, George Kittle, is now doing media rounds talking about how excited he is for Trey Lance, that, you know, he's he's doing things that boggle his mind in practice and stuff like that. It, it's it's one of those things where it's it's people making things up because they have an agenda. And, you know, maybe Mike's right. Maybe it is for clicks. But I'll tell you one person who's super happy about all this Trey Lance development, and that's Debo Samuel, because he's getting away scot-free with all the stuff that he pulled. Um the news cycle moves fast and he he's apparently being forgotten about and all his stuff. Um, I, you know, Kittle even came out and said that he's in a good place. Now we're just going to forget that he, you know, tried to blow his way out of town with like, you know, a little social media temper tantrum, I guess. But the narrative against Trey Lance to me is just out of control. And I've never seen something like this in, in my entire life. Agreed. Um, before we move on to what George Kittle has been saying, I want to get to the kind of the root of the issue. And this isn't the only thing that's been said negatively about Trey Lance, but I guess it's kind of the latest thing. So we can start with this. And this is from Ryan Harris of the Broncos, formerly of the Broncos. Uh, quote, I'm here to tell you after people I've talked to 
Everyone I've spoken to expected Jimmy Garoppolo to start week one from players I've talked to and coaches I've talked to who are at the 49ers. Trey Lance is really leaving a lot to be desired in terms of the fitness of his arm, whether or not he could digest the playbook and can really start to process the game at a high level. I, I don't know. Um, I could be remembering wrong, but I swear I remember Kyle Shanahan saying he basically had the whole playbook down by like he week did say four. That. He did right? say that, yep. So he has the entire playbook in his head. It's just up to him getting on the field and seeing blitzes. And yeah. that's like, you know, that that's one thing. The second thing is you lost me at arm fitness, dude. I mean, the dude has a cannon and nobody has ever said anything but that. And you're telling me all of a sudden his arm's just going to get super tired for no reason. Like, get out of here. You have no, no room to base that off of. It doesn't matter if you've been talking to people with the 49ers. Trey Lance hasn't been in the building because players aren't allowed in the building in the offseason except for, except for training. He's been working on his own. He's actually been working down here in Southern California with a quarterback coach working on his delivery and things like that. There are pictures of him out there earlier in the offseason with Zach Wilson. They were working together. So who in the 49ers is going to know unless I mean, unless that this Ryan Harris guy wants to let a bunch of, uh, you know, violations, uh, labor violations out into the world. But that that doesn't hold any water with me. It sounds to me like a certain former 49ers quarterback coach who was brought in for Jimmy Garoppolo specifically has a little bit of the red ass and he's taking it out on Trey Lance. So I don't know. That's just my opinion. Those are super, super solid points. And that, that's exactly it, right? Like he's saying from according to the players and the coaches he's talked to on the 49ers, he didn't say former players or former coaches, right? So he's making it sound like these are people in the building. The only people that Trey Lance has worked with all offseason were all the wide receivers except for Debo. So who who would he hear it from? Now, if he's trying to surmise, like, you know, well, this kid hasn't played real football, you know, in a really long time. He's only got the those 10 quarters from last year. And then the the four quarters from the the one game that he played the year before, like if you want to sit here and say that he hasn't done it in so long, we're worried about that. Then just just say that, right? But you're trying to make a story out of it as if you got some information here. And like Matt said, unless you're going to sit here and just straight up say that you know here are the violations, these people are telling me this, and the Niners are working with, then what you're saying is all it's all fabricated. You're muted, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Mayoko tweeted this out, and it, uh, it was a good point. You know, Trey Lance last played on January 2nd. On Tuesday, he will take the practice field for the 49ers teammates for the first time since the end of last season. So it might be wise to take that into account when determining the veracity of any updates about how he's been developing the past five months. Um, it is really weird that it, it's like one after another, um, these reports are coming out, and I say reports loosely. Um, coming out that, oh, the 49ers still aren't sure. They still think that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, hey, he might be on the team come training camp. We heard even Richard Sherman say that. And I don't think that that was anything directed towards Trey Lance, but it is just kind of weird that if these are things that they're putting out there or maybe even ex-players and coaches are putting out there, I'm just really curious as to why. Um, But, Matt, I want to get on to what you were talking about, about George Kittle, uh, because you said that, you know, he – has been coming to the support of Trey Lance and he's kind of been known to be Jimmy Garoppolo's biggest supporter. So I did think that was interesting to see. Um, he's been invited to the tight end university. He will be the quarterback throwing there. Um, I have a video from the Pat McAfee show. If I could pull it up here. 
where he was talking about Trey Lance. So let me pull this up. Zach Wilson and Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard, Beathard. Yep. Josh Allen, if he can make it happen. And Josh Allen. George Kittle said in the first hour, Trey Lance. He said he looks like a completely different football player from last OTAs to this OTAs. Getting to watch Jimmy for a year has made him better. Trey Lance actually going to tight end university in June, uh, presented by Charmin in Nashville to throw to all the tight ends, as is uh, Zach Wilson and Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard, Beathard. Yep. Josh Allen, if he can make it happen. And Josh Allen. So, like, I, I think George Kittle has a lot of faith in Trey Lance. And this will open up a conversation about them trading three first-rounders, basically, to get up there and having the patience to sit him for a year. Nobody else would do that, right? That isn't something that would happen. Now, they had a much better team than most teams that are trading the future of their franchise for a quarterback. But that patience and letting them watch Jimmy G, it might pay off in leaps and bounds here for the San Francisco 49ers. AJ, why will it never happen again anywhere else, you think? Man, it has to be the perfect situation for it to happen. So I watched. So I'm going to stop that right there. Um, there was also another. Yeah, don't get us copyright struck, bro. Yeah, yeah. There's also another clip. Um, and I'm not sure if I could find it, but if so, I'll pull it up here where he was kind of just praising Trey Lance very heavily. And the contrast between the last year or so, and I don't want to say it's contrast necessarily, but like the just how different he is publicly talking about the two quarterbacks. Whereas before it was like, oh, whatever the team decides to go with, whoever's the best for our team, I'm going to roll with them. They could both lead us. And now he's like, coming out very heavily supporting Trey Lance. Matt, do you notice a difference as well, or is it just me? The word is different. I think it's the writing on the wall. Everybody knows. And that's why, you know, that whole try to get Jimmy Garoppolo some value thing doesn't really work for me in terms of, of trying to up his value because he has none. Everybody knows that he's out the door. Um, Jimmy already said his goodbyes. Um, you know, Jimmy is the only 49ers quarterback of like the last five years to not be invited to this kid, you know, tight end university thing. I don't think this actually brings into mind something that I've always wondered about Jimmy Garoppolo is that, yeah, inside the building, he's a leader, but we've always heard Kittle talk about, man, Jimmy never returns my texts or calls or whatever. I feel like when Jimmy's away from football, he's just like a really weird, awkward dude. Yeah. And, and so he's, you know, you don't see him participate in a lot of this kind of stuff in terms of Trey Lance, the fact that he hasn't there, I guess he's not worried about arm fitness, right? I mean, we saw that throw against the Texans where he threw it 40 yards on a line. The camera didn't even pan. The ball just stayed in view the entire time. Uh, arm fitness is fine. Apparently, George Kittle's not worried about it, so I don't know why Ryan Harris is. Um, it, it's you know, it's interesting to see, and I think it's something that Kittle as a leader, as a vet, has to do, and he's talked about it, not only giving Lance praise for the change between last OTA and this year, but also talking about, listen, there's probably going to be some growing pains, and we have enough around us that he's going to be able to make it through those growing pains. We have his back. And it's a little bit, like you said, different how they're talking from last year to this year. So it, it's pretty clear that Trey Lance is going into OTAs, going into camp as the presumptive starter. And what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo, I still maintain that when he gets healthy and his injury guarantee is off the books, they're going to release him. I, I don't believe John Lynch for a second saying that they're going to give him away for free simply because if you sit him on your bench for $27 million for the entire year, right? He's leaving next year anyway. So you're not going to get anything for him anyway. The benefit to releasing him now is that you have his contract coming off the books that helps Trey Lance one year earlier in his rookie deal, rather than waiting for Jimmy to come off the books next year. 
if they don't trade him, they're not getting anything anyway. So I don't buy the whole, we're not going to just give him away for free because one way or another, you're going to do that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. It basically is just a matter of when and if you're going to get something or not. Um, there is actually one more clip that I want to play real quick. Um, I'm not going to play all of it because it's about three minutes, but this is Kittle directly um, not being quoted, actually talking about Trey Lance on the McAfee show again. So let me pull this up here. You like Trey Lance, huh? You love the way he plays, love the way he operates. How about how he handled the whole situation last year? I mean, this is an awkward, isn't it kind of awkward situation going on over there or not at all? I mean, some would say it's definitely awkward. I mean, you trade three first-round picks for a quarterback. Like, there's writing on the wall. Like, it is what it is. It's the NFL's profession. Everyone's trying to bring in younger, better, cheaper players. And man, that's that's just the way the league is. And so there is an awkwardness to it, I guess. But at the end of the day, we're all here on the same team, and we're trying to win Super Bowl. So it's the lucky thing that we have here at the Niners is I feel like we have a fantastic culture of guys that just want to get better every day, and we love everybody in our locker room. And so, you know, Jimmy G could have, you know, he could have been a dick and said, you know, it's not my job, not my responsibility to take care of this guy and put him under my wing, you know. But instead, what he did is he was professional every single day. He didn't complain one time. He showed up. He worked. He started. He got us to an NFC Championship game and helped Trey along the way. And so I thought Trey took a bunch of steps forward. And for Trey to become the really good quarterback in the NFL, he needs reps. And so once this kid gets a lot of reps – just watch out because some of the things I've seen him do in practice kind of mind boggling me. So I'm waiting for it. Yeah, he's concerned. So we can end it there um, before we get copyrighted, like Matt said. But yeah, I mean, he talked about how it could be awkward. He talked about, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo could have done things differently. And this kind of goes into what Mike and I talked about in our last show with how Jimmy Garoppolo, from the point of view of the media and maybe fans outside, handled this correctly as a professional quarterback. Um, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you. What is what do you make out of George Kittle maybe going, you know, on the other end of being completely in the middle between the two quarterbacks publicly? Now he's cited more to Trey Lance. Do you agree with Matt that it kind of signals that the 49ers are ready to commit to him as a starter? Yeah, it, it's perfectly echoing what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have said from the very beginning. We're not in a rush to start this kid. We don't need to start him. So all of last year, George was pro Jimmy, pro Jimmy, pro Jimmy, right? And then this offseason, John Lynch and Kyle said, hey, yeah, we tried to trade him. We actually had some buyers, interested buyers, but then he had that surgery, and that made everything go cold. All right? we were, The reason we were trying to trade him was because we were comfortable with Lance going forward. We felt like Lance is in a better position to beat out Jimmy right now, and that's why we were comfortable with trying to trade Jimmy now. So Kittle's, uh, everything that Kittle's saying and doing is aligned with exactly what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have been saying. Jimmy was the guy last year, Trey's the guy this year, Let's go. I'm team quarterback. You could put you could put Brock Purdy back there. If if Kittle thought that Purdy was going to be the guy, he'd be pro Purdy in the in the in the press also. Okay, I like that. Uh, Matt, I'm going to throw it back to you. Did the 49ers maybe? How do I put this? Overvalue Jimmy Garoppolo. They've always overvalued Jimmy Garoppolo. He means more sentiment sentimentally to the team than he does to people in the NFL, simply because Jimmy Garoppolo was there when they went to the Super Bowl. He was there last year when they went to the NFC Championship. And it's looking through rose-colored glasses. Uh, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's playoff stats, he has more interceptions than touchdowns. He throws the ball under 60% completion in the playoffs. It's just... It's a different when when things get tight and we see this in the NBA all the time, right? We see this in a bunch of sports. 
the the guys who can win regular season games get to the playoffs where it's all the best of the best, right? And all of a sudden now you don't have that layup game against, you know, the Detroit Lions that you can throw for 270 yards and three touchdowns in that kind of bump up your season stats. Everybody in the playoffs is a cut above the rest of the NFL. So you get to the playoffs, you start playing these teams. Your defense is elite. We know that, right? Running game works. Every time that we've been in a playoff game and somebody finally takes away what the 49ers like to do, which is run the ball and control the clock, and it's been up to Jimmy Garoppolo to win the game or take over the game, he hasn't been able to do it. The rest of the league can see this, but for whatever reason, because he's in the building, because he's a nice guy, because he's nice to look at, whatever the case is with Lynch and Shanahan, they have this overvalue of Jimmy Garoppolo. And like I've always said, you got two NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl appearance out of Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't need to win the trade twice. What you need now is the cap space to surround your quarterback of the future. So as soon as you're able to and you can get him off the books without having to pay him seven, whatever, seven point four million for the injury guarantee, get him out of here. Eat the one point four. There's going to be guys that are surprise cuts in camp that, you know, are are available late that you can pick up. That'll be cheap additions for the team. Uh, guys like like Treader, the the center is still out there. You know, those are guys that you can potentially bring in once you see what you've got. I mean. The undrafted guys are great. I'm excited about Donovan West. I think he's going to be great. But if he's not, then there's there's options out there, and you need that money off the books, whether it's paying Debo or or it's getting ready to pay Nick Bosa. It, him just sitting there, they're not keeping him for $27 million as a backup. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what John Lynch says. John Lynch could look me in my eyes and tell me, and I'm going to be like, you're a liar, dude, Like because it doesn't make any sense. So they overvalue him until until they don't. You know, and I think the rest of the NFL is making it real clear what they think of Jimmy, and that's going to eventually creep in, and and they'll finally get the message. Yeah, um, what's up? If Jimmy Garoppolo was cut, how long do you think he'd go without being on the team? A day. Do you, well, here's the thing: as a starter or as a back? Just I, no, either way, just on a team. He'll be he can get picked up pretty quick, but as a starting quarterback, I don't think there's a spot for him out there. So that's do you think that Jimmy could go into a, a building and compete? Can you can you think of at least five teams that he can go somewhere and compete right away? Like once once he's clear, right? So we're we're looking for this July August area. So let me let me be clear. Let's fast forward to that point where he can pass the physical and he's able to start throwing and stuff, which is I think also the reason why he's not going to this this tight end camp thing, right? Because he can't, he can't even throw yet. But once he's clear, has, has he been though? That's my thing. This is the second year they did it. He didn't do it last year. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know about last year. He probably didn't. He probably didn't. Um, he, he doesn't seem like he does anything with the team in the off season. Right. He, he's doing like Lamborghini commercials and sponsorships and stuff like that. Right. Um, but Sub-like. fast forward to the end of July and August. <laughs> yeah, he can go somewhere and compete. There's at least five teams that he can go somewhere and compete for. Right. I think we all agree there. Mm-hmm. He might sure. not win the starting job. Maybe he will, but he can go somewhere and compete. A lower salary and minimal trade compensation is Jimmy Garoppolo's value to another team. So we can wait for him to be cut. We can we can wait it out. We can wait it out. Or we can offer a uh oh. You guys got me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Or we could offer a fifth round pick. And 
you know, rework his contract where he's only getting six or seven million dollars and he can come in here and compete. We'll load it up with incentives. I don't think that I do. I don't think the 49ers overvalue Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the the stands overvalue Jimmy. I think the stand like he the Niners know he's not worth 24, 25, 26, 27 million to this team this year. Last year, he was worth that. The NFC championship says he was worth that last year. We didn't get the production that we wanted to see out of him, but we got the wins and we got the we you know, we went pretty far with him here. That shows his value, but is he a starter this year for this team? If Trey Lance is who we think he is, then the answer is no. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have a value somewhere else in the league. I'm not going to trade for him either with a bum shoulder and what if there's a setback? You know, I'm going to wait till he's cleared everything. Then we can start negotiating again later on. I, I do think that there's some sort of value there for him. And not only that, you have to wait for the Baker Mayfield coin to drop. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield is not going to stay in Cleveland. That that's that's an untenable situation. That's already been made clear. It doesn't matter if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the entire season. They already brought in. Uh, what is, did they bring back Terod Taylor to back him up? Uh, they brought in somebody to back him up. Um, Baker has made it clear that he wants out. Nobody's going to help the Browns by trading for him, so they're going to have to cut him. Um, which I mean, it's he's on his fifth year. That's that's fully guaranteed contract. So the Browns are going to have to pick up the entirety of that contract. He can sign for the vet men somewhere else, probably somewhere like Seattle or something like that, compete for the starting job. Once that domino falls, that's when Jimmy Garoppolo can be looked at again. Um, because if, if it's up to me, I got, you know, a younger, probably cheaper quarterback, because again, with the Browns having to pick up Baker's salary, he can sign for cheap and, and compete for a job and potentially a contract. I'm I'm taking Baker Mayfield over Jimmy Garoppolo just for the the younger, cheaper aspect of it. Um, they both were hurt, but I, Baker's main injury was to his non-throwing shoulder. Jimmy Garoppolo, this is I believe his second um, operation or procedure for like his throwing. He's had the he's you know the thumb injury last year, the shoulder operation. It's just been a lot, man. Um, I, I just I think that they have to wait for that, and even once that hits, like Mike says, what's the actual compensation value because again you look at this situation why would i offer the 49ers anything in terms of either salary compensation like i'm not taking jimmy at 27 that's for sure right and i'm not giving up a bunch of draft picks because guess what just like the cleveland situation this is a really awkward situation and i feel like it could be a poison pill for that locker room to have jimmy garoppolo the 27 million dollar backup sitting in that locker room going into the season i just don't think that's going to happen jimmy's not going to want to take a pay cut he's going to want to get to go get to going wherever he's going to go he already said his goodbyes at the end of the season Right. It's pretty clear that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be moved. So why not wait? This is a game of chicken with the 49ers in the NFL. And the 49ers, I think, are going to have to blink first because there's no other alternative. They cannot go into the season with Jimmy Garoppolo in their locker room. I agree 100 um, percent. It, it's a weird situation that they I don't I don't think they were anticipating still being in as of May 21st into this offseason. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo himself said goodbye. Like you said, Matt, he said his goodbye in the wrap-up press conference. I don't think he expected to be here, um, but here we are. We have a super chat from our guy, Fernando. He says, Mike, Niners are going to have to cut him. Who wants to pay $25 million for Jimmy? Trey Lance is going to Titan University, which he'll benefit from Josh Allen. Do you agree he'll have to cut him? No. They can trade him, and they can they can rip up his contract and do a new one. 
Like that, it's just like it's this misconception that if a player is traded, they go with their contract. We just saw Deshaun Watson do it. Now, in his issue, he made more money, right? That's that's clearly. I don't think it's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo, but you can do a trade and and a contract agreement at the same time. That is that has happened plenty of times in the NFL where teams will say we'll take him, but you guys have to eat five million of his salary cap or. We have to do a whole new deal, and the agent has to agree to it. So the Niners own his rights. If Jimmy and his agent agree to whatever new contract the other team is willing to offer, they can they can negotiate a trade that way. Okay, I like it. Um, now here's a rebuttal from Niner by nature. Why would Jimmy take less? Because if he's are you, for me, yeah. Because if he's cut, he gets nothing. He has no guarantees right now. Exactly. So it's basically you're going to take a little less and come here maybe with a chance to compete or you get nothing and you risk your you risk it, take a risk on the open market. Maybe you get something. I don't know. The 49ers, this whole situation has been very, very difficult to, to navigate. Uh, Matt, is there anything you want to add before I move on? Um, I can't remember where I saw it, but I, I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo's contract becomes guaranteed if he makes the final 53. So it's week to week. I think there's language in the. Con- I'll have to look for it, but I believe that there's language in the contract. All right. So moving on, I saw um, Joey posted in here. There's a report that the Panthers still want Jimmy or Baker if another team pays a portion of the salary, and that's correct. That's per Steve Reed of the uh, Associated Press down in Charlotte, North Carolina. He tweeted out uh, yesterday. As I've reported several times, the Panthers are still interested in Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback, but in order for a team to take, in order for a trade, excuse me, to take place, the other team would have to agree to pick up a large portion of their salary. Nothing has changed on that front for weeks. Matt, I'm going to throw it back to you. Why would the 49ers agree? Is it that valuable to move him that they would agree to pay a portion of the salary? No, I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense either. That's you're essentially paying. Here's the thing. What, what are, what are these teams going to offer? Like uh, say, Oh, we'll take Jimmy off your hands for a fifth round pick, but you have to pay, let's just say, you know, $7 million of a salary. Okay. Well look at, look at the rookie pay scale slot. And that seventh round pick is worth a lot less than $5 million. I'd rather cut him. You know what I mean? Like, the, the value isn't there. I'm telling you guys right now, he's going to get cut. Nobody's going to trade for him. He's going to get cut. That They had their opportunity. And, you know, it was, it was, this offseason was one of the craziest in terms of quarterback musical chairs. This quarterback going here, that quarterback going there. You know, uh, Tom Brady retires for three weeks, which is like unheard of or whatever, right? All this stuff, you know? <laughs> and then, and then, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo goes, oh, guess what? I need shoulder surgery. And it's like, all right, well, remove remove that piece from the board. And now all the chairs are filled, and Jimmy Garoppolo is trying to be late to the dance floor. Like, where am I going to go? There's no real opportunity. Houston wants to see what they have in Davis Mills. Whether you believe him or not, I mean, I feel like Davis Mills is like young Jimmy Garoppolo with a longer neck. Um, <laughs> they're not trading him. They're, like, they're not trading him to Seattle, obviously. Um, not that I wouldn't mind that, because I, I feel like we'd still bop him. Yeah. Yeah. But like Seattle's going to be in on on Baker Mayfield, the the only place that he really is likely to go would be Carolina. But Carolina's not going to trade for him. They'll they'll sit and wait. 
Um, it's, you know, I, I don't know, man. And then there was talk of, oh, well, they'll trade back uh, Sam Darnold, like Sam Darnold's $18 million contract. That's not good either. Um, I just, I don't see a world where Jimmy Garoppolo gets moved for the 49ers having to take, uh, you know, like, like take part of that salary responsibility back on. I oh, agree. Okay, so he has it. He so, has yeah. it fully guaranteed if he's on the roster week one and if he gets hurt, then it's fully guaranteed. I knew there was some language. Okay, that's my mistake. But, I mean, honestly, just cut him. Just just wait until he can pass the physical and cut him. <laughs> uh, Mike, are you able to make an argument that the 49ers should pay a portion to get him off the roster like Steve Reed of AP is suggesting the Panthers want? That's that's tough. And and I understand why the Panthers want it. It's not because of Jimmy. It's because of the guarantee that fifth year option for um, Sam Darnold. Um, it's it's tough. Like Matt said, the value of the, the salary versus, you know, the draft capital that you're, you're willing to give up. Um, there would have to be some decent draft capital for us to say, yeah, we're going to eat any amount of it. Like we can let him go and walk away from it all. You know, so now you're you have to incentivize us to not only send him to you, but eat some of the money that we're trying to save. That's the purpose of us letting him go in the first place is to save the money. So I I I don't see it. I don't I don't see that happening. I don't. Now here's an interesting question I'm gonna to pose to Matt as a resident medical expert. Do you think there's a chance that Jimmy Garoppolo and his agent maybe envisioned this happening? and decided to opt for a surgery that maybe wasn't 100% necessary to then be on that, you know, the 49ers can't cut him because he's owed the money due to his uh, injury guarantee. Am no. I totally being conspiratorial here? No, because no, because if he's not on the roster week one, even even if he if he's injured, right, and let's just say he fails his physical because he's going to get a physical in July or whatever it is, right, and he fails the physical, then the 49ers are just going to eat the $7 million to cut him rather than eat the $25 million. He'll never see week one if he's not healthy. And I don't think he's going to see week one for the 49ers if he's healthy. One way or another, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be gone. Also, about those Subway commercials, I just want to say that when you star in your own commercial and your grandmother says, well, at least he looks good, dude, that commercial's clowning you. Yeah, it's a weird commercial. I actually saw it that's for the first QB time. The, other night. the one that's like, yep, he's dumb. Okay. Yeah. It's weird. Um, what's up, Kali? Thanks for tuning in, my guy. Um, Fernando's asking Matt, you don't think Jimmy puts us in this situation? Let's see. No, I'm not talking about the timing of the surgery. I'm talking about they didn't plan it so that Jimmy Garoppolo would somehow get his entire last year guaranteed. Cause there's no scenario where that happens. No, I think this was very strategic on their part to kind of, you know, facilitate because I don't, here's where I think, I, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo wants to get traded. I think he wants to get released so that he can pick where he goes. <laughs> that way he can, he can kind of figure it out. Joey. I mean, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo and I get released, the first person I'm calling is Bill Belichick. Like, do you really like Mac Jones? I know you wanted me here to you know take over for tom and hey here i am right max struggled last year in those playoffs and you know me i can win playoff games come on bill you know that's that's the first place that i'm going it, you know it, it's it's having control jimmy garoppolo has seemingly never had control of this situation whether it's through injuries or whether else and and you know 
I don't know. I, I think it's more about being able to choose his next destination rather than, oh, I think we're going to get this money. But it definitely, I think, was his his plan to to kind of wait on this surgery. So okay, so I'm partially correct in in my my logic here that it was a strategic timing at the very least to therefore maybe control because you're right, he's never been a free agent. Um, he the only teams he's been traded on he or been on he was drafted by then traded to. Um, maybe he had some say in where he went when he left New England. I don't I don't know, but still, this would be the first time he has 100 percent control of his own destiny. And I just gotta say, this comp by Joey is hilarious. His foot long is longer than his air yards. <laughs> In regards to his subway commercials, can I can I jump in on your on your theory there that you're you're asking about? Mm-hmm. Um, I was always against the whole like, oh, his agent did this on purpose, his agent did it on purpose thing, right? But what if the agent is really really tapped in, and he knows that um, the league isn't really high on Jimmy right now? They haven't been high on him for a long time. So if we do this, you can. Get the seven point five million. If you have a setback after you fail the physical for whatever reason, you got seven point five million guaranteed. Uh, let the league go cold for a year. Let them forget about how bad you were. All of a sudden, people are high on certain quarterbacks after they've been absent for a year, right? All of a sudden, they're like, "Hey, maybe maybe this guy is good." Look at what it did for Mitch Trubisky, right? People were dumping on Mitch Trubisky, and now all of a sudden, he's supposed to be a better option than Jimmy Garoppolo. Since when? Since when, right? It's the recency bias thing. You sit out for a year, you take the 7.5 after you have a setback and you fail your physical. Then you're a free agent. No one's seen you for a year. And the last memory they have is that guy led the team to an NFC championship. Values back up. That's this that's what I that's the only way I can tie your conspiracy theory together. Or or I mean he goes to a spot where he knows the incumbent, right? He he's gonna go, Oh, well, I got the seven point five million guaranteed. Let me sign a lesser deal. I'll go back somebody up. Like a like a Matt Ryan in Indianapolis or or something like that, right? Or or whatever. Um, maybe maybe I'll go try to compete with Trubisky in Pittsburgh, whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden, he still you know he doesn't have to stay away from football for a year, but he still gets that same like out of sight, out of mind. Oh, remember when Jimmy? Like, I got I got you. Yeah, and uh, you know that that eating that seven point five. Uh, or getting that 7.5 million guarantee makes that a little more palatable to do too, because now you can sign like, oh, I'll sign for one year, like nine million dollars. Now all of a sudden, I mean, you're like two thirds of the way to what you were. You're at 16, 17 million dollars for the year that you're going to get paid. That doesn't look so bad. Um, real quick, nine of our nature. Shout out, Mike. Mike, you're getting lean, my man. How much weight have you lost? He's down eight pounds now, keto and intermittent fasting. Um, and then go ahead, Mike. No. Uh, I haven't been on a scale in three weeks, so I'm not sure exactly. Last time I checked, I was only down four pounds. So, okay, uh, I do not like Subway. I think Subway's trash. I think their chicken is basically rubber. But I do like Togo's. Matt, do you like Subway? Um, if like I have no other options, to be honest, Jersey Mike's is better. Uh, at like any any local sandwich shop, we have one here in Southern California. Um, in like San Diego area called Borden Brew. That's like amazing. Um, nah, Subway's kind of trash. Well, I, you know what though? I will go to Kitty's and go in there and get their their meatball stuff because I'm just a glutton for for terrible meat products. So <laughs> it's on the sauce. Stomach hates me for it, but it's fine. Mike, what about you? I I've been to Subway once in my entire life, and they charge me for toppings. I don't know if that's an old thing, 
but uh, I was over it since then. Like I, I ordered an Italian hoagie and they're like, all right, what, what toppings? I'm like, lettuce, tomato, onions, hot pepper. Like I'm pointing them all out and like it, it, they added to the total price and I've never been back since then. So that is strange. I thought it was supposed to be all included. Um, This was, this was like, I was working for the state. This is over a decade ago, well over a decade ago. I like Togo's. I could have Togo's almost any time of the week. There's Um, not that many down here. Really? I know of like one down in this area. Oh, but so that's pretty good. Yeah. I didn't know Jersey Mike's was like a nationwide thing. Here I am in my New Jersey bias thinking like it started here and it's only around the local states, you know, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey type of thing. And you said Jersey Mike Mike. thought it was just for Mike's in New nah. Jersey. Yeah, yeah like gotta get gotta way. get it Mike's way. We have, have you have ahead. you had their uh the Portobello mushroom chicken sandwich? No, I don't I don't mess with mushrooms, bro. I don't either, but listen. That thing is incredible. All right, I'm going to shut up. I'm not advertising. Shut up. <laughs> um, also, by the way, can I just say here. Jimmy John's sucks. Don't go to Jimmy John's. That place sucks. Never been to one. It's trash. Um, all right, going through some of the comments. Uh, Nine by nature. Why would we owe him money on his setback? It's just the, the the language in his contract is an injury guarantee. So if he cannot pass his physical, he's injured, and he's guaranteed the 7.5 of the 25 million of his contract. So that's how that all works. Uh, right. Niner gang. I hate all the love that Shanahan and Lynch show Jimmy. It makes me sick. I mean, they're not going to bash him. Don't confuse true love. Like actual, like, Oh, we like, they, they genuinely like the dude, but they're not forgetting about the business aspect of it. And a lot of this is like the PR pump up, right? Yeah. They're trying to get some value for him. Yeah. I know that Lynch said he had a second round offer on the table. I think that was complete garbage. That was not true. Um, but he, he, he never cooperated that. What's that? He never cooperated that. He never said that that was the thing. Okay. That was the thing that somebody said. Thank God he never said that. Right. Well, whatever the case was, oh, there was a second rounder on the table or whatever. That that to me, that's a rumor that gets floated. So somebody hits you with like a fourth rounder or a third rounder. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fernando, don't you, Dion, don't you remember the conference after the NFC Championship? Kyle said he loves Jimmy. I mean, he could love him as a person, but again, professionally and from a team building aspect, he's got to go. And they made that clear as day by by drafting Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah. Um, same guy that said I love them is the same guy that said, "Hey, let's trade up and get rid of this guy." Yeah, Jimmy, okay. Jimmy saved Kyle, Kyle and Sh- with Kyle and John's career. That ain't true. The defense saved their career. Listen, this is this is a misnomer, and I want people to understand this. Okay, you're going from C.J. Beathard. And Brian Hoyer and Nick Mullen to Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a great quarterback, but at least he's like an NFL caliber quarterback. Them other dudes are like in the arena league now or, or like fan controlled football or whatever. Right. They're garbage players. Right. They're, they're sitting over there with Johnny Manziel, you know, in, in a bathroom somewhere, getting a little too, uh, too herbal with it, if you know what I mean. Th- those are not true NFL players, all right? They're the weekend warriors who wish they were. They're the good locker room guys, the guys that you keep, the camp arms, as we call it, right? Like, they're not good. They're not good. So when you're looking, I'll put it to you this way, right? You have you have an ugly girl and a good-looking girl, right? 
You know what? I can't. Nope. I'm going to get in trouble. I can't. <laughs> all I'm going to say, <laughs> all I'm going to say is Jimmy Garoppolo is an NFL starting, is, is an NFL caliber quarterback. So he's going to look good in comparison to that straight garbage that you had there before. The rest of the team can be great. How many great teams have we seen not make the playoffs or not do this because their quarterback got hurt and they had to roll with some garbage dude? And that's Shanahan had to work with scraps. And Jimmy makes that look good by comparison. But in comparison to other NFL quarterbacks, starting level NFL quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo is not good. Been a while. Been a while Been a since a nice Matt rant. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, Joe. Perfect. Joey. Perfect. Perfect. Right. It's like the difference between a Pinto and a Honda Civic, right? The Honda Civic is obviously a better car, but then you look around and everybody else got a Mercedes and you're like, well, all right. Like the Civic will get you from A to B. It won't get you there stylishly, but it'll get you there. The Pinto, man, the, the wheel's going to fall off halfway down the street. You're going to have to hold on to the door so it doesn't fly open. That That's kind of what that's like. <laughs> much, much uh, safer analogy there. Um, there okay, so enough of the Jimmy about, Garoppolo. Like, man, where can I go with this? No, nope, better not. Yeah, yeah, it, it's tough. Um, enough of the Jimmy Garoppolo talk. I know you guys are sick of it as much as we are. Um, let's move into something clearly Wait, nobody's before we get off of Jimmy Garoppolo can I just say for anybody that that because this Sean McVay beat him beat Kyle Shanahan in the NFC championship game because he had the better quarterback I mean I I know Jimmy Garoppolo with the pirouette throw it over his head interception to end that game on third down when he could have taken the sack and had one more play that's y'all's that that's who the people are standing for don't thank you get him out okay now we can move on yeah okay um Clearly a topic that nobody's sick of, and that's the Debo Samuel uh, wanting a trade discussion topic, whatever you want to call it. Apparently um, not anymore. Apparently not anymore. But I want to talk about what uh, Steve Young had to mention or add to the situation um, when he was on Rich Eisen's show. And he said, quote, Debo did himself a bit of a disservice with the whispers around how he felt about this whole situation. I just think that Debo... If you don't want to be here say it why what you're doing or not um and then he talked about how the kind of just unclear tweets and posts he was putting out there regarding maybe he was mad at his usage maybe he was mad at the amount of money um maybe he didn't like even being california all of this was unclear and the amount that of context he did add to the situation didn't help um and then the draft comes and goes. He's still on the roster. And now he's kind of sitting there looking like, okay, well, hey, old buddy. Hey, big head. You know, texting John Lynch. Hey, big head at 10 p.m. at night when the girl you didn't want didn't text you back. You know, like he's in a really interesting situation here. Uh, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you. We talked about the Niners possibly overplaying their hand with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's clear Debo overplayed his hand with wanting a trade, right? All right, so we had a power outage over here, and I lost you guys for like the – it just came back on. <laughs> so I, I lost you guys for like 20 seconds. The Wi-Fi is going to kick back on. It's going to it's gonna boot me. Uh, so what, what exactly is your question again? I heard most of what you were saying. But okay, so uh, basically just talked about how uh, Steve Young's comments about how Debo Samuel did himself a disservice and the quotes that he was adding, the tweets he was adding weren't 
clear at all. Um, and my question to you was, it's clear, just like the Niners might have overplayed their hand with Jimmy Garoppolo's situation, Debo Samuel has overplayed his hand with wanting a trade out of San Francisco. No, I don't think so. I think Debo got what he wanted out of the situation, right? So you act like you're upset. You act like you want to leave. Everyone's going to tell you, oh, you can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. You request a trade. 49ers grant permission for that trade. And then you're allowed to hear what the market is as far as contract value goes for your client, right? This whole thing where we own his rights, he can't do anything. He's only allowed to negotiate his contract with the 49ers. Once he requested that trade and they open it up, they, and they granted permission for him to seek trade options. Those trades included, this is what we'll give you, Niners for him, and this is what we'll give you, Debo, as far as compensation. That's what he wanted out of this. I really believe that that was his end game all along to find out what the market would be. Now we know where to, where to slot him in as far as pay goes because other teams showed you this is what we would have given him if we had executed a trade. Okay. I, I could totally see that. Um, Interesting that, perspective for sure. Yeah. I, my thing is like he's got three wide receiver guys that are coming up for contracts, right? And we saw what A.J. Brown got. So that kind of set the market for Debo in terms of like where you slot him against against A.J. Brown. Now, Debo might get a little bit more or, or you know, whatever, because he he's going second. But I think they kind of figured it out. And, you know, it. I, I think he's trying to balance a bunch of things. You don't want your guys to just straight up go, right? Okay, A.J. Brown signs. Now, Debo signs for, like, way more. I think there's something to what Mike said where you feel around the league for what each of these guys is worth because, you know, I think D.K. Metcalf is his other one. This is other. D.K. is probably going to get the most. I mean, he, D, D.K. scores the most touchdowns. So that's going to be something that they're going to talk about. But A.J. Brown gets his with with a lower guaranteed number than I thought he was going to get. And I think that that's informative that Debo and A.J. Brown were both up for trades and both could kind of do that. Hey, let's talk about I got two clients up for grabs, Debo and A.J. Brown. Like, what do you want to give? What's the contract going to look like? And I think there's something to that. And also the fact that Debo can sit there and, you know, act like he's mad about stuff and just kind of get an attaboy from the team. I think that's important too. Like, Hey, you're important to us. I know we used you a lot last year and I know you might not necessarily be happy with that, but we needed you. Sometimes that attaboy is something you want to hear too. And this Trey Lance stuff is like the easiest out for him because the minute he steps back into the building, his teammates aren't going to care because everybody's going to be like, you know what? I'm all about, you know, you getting your money. That's, that's how players are. That's, that's how most of the fans are. Um, and as soon as he steps out onto the field and catches a touchdown pass, then all the fans are going to be like, no, we're good. Yeah, That was it. No more. All forgiven. I know some, I know, I know I won't. I know Mike won't. I mean, how long, how long did I hold, uh, hold it against uh, Raheem most hurt that he uh, held out for more money? So, you know, I mean, Debo is not on my list anymore of Christmas cards. Let's just say that. But, you know, I, I root for the team. So if he's on the team, obviously I'm a root for him. But in terms of in terms of who I want to see wide receiver one, let's go BA. <laughs> okay. I like that. Um, seems like we're all in agreement that this has definitely, I don't want to say ruined his image, like like Hung Fat saying here on the chat, but it's definitely negatively impacted how the fans view him, just like Raheem Mostert may have, or Robbie Gold may have when he held out for more money as well. Um, Mike, 
can he bounce back from this? Is this something, and the majority of fans, let me just put it that way, the majority of fans that may have negatively, or thought of him negatively because of everything that's happened with his trade request, is he able to bounce back and maybe win most of those fans back, or is it at a point of no return? Most of the fans never left. Most of the fans are like, oh, he's right. Oh, he's right. They overused him. Give him whatever he wants. Back up the Brinks truck. So, like Matt said, first touchdown, everyone's going to be like, yay, all hail Debo. You know what I'm saying? He likes getting the ball. He, he wasn't overused. He wanted the ball. He's calling for the ball in the playoffs. He's going to Kyle, hey, give me the ball. He wanted the ball. He didn't get overused. If anything, you ask him, he didn't have the ball in his hands enough. Even the, the Pro Bowl interview, you know, how do you like being used this way? And da 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 He was like, I like any way that I can get the ball in my hands. Th- those are his words. And that wasn't that wasn't contract negotiation. That was him in the moment. Going wide back, by the way. Right. Right. He sold shirts with it written on. Like this is that's what his thing was, right? He wanted the ball in his hands. He wanted it. This was all um finding ways to get see what his value is. And I think the difference is uh, the amount of time that he's missed as as compared to those other wide receivers that this agent is trying to figure out the money for, right? So if this agent's in a tough spot to figure out exactly what his value is, let me see what other teams were willing to pay this guy so we can use that as a gauge. And now we know what we're going here negotiating with. Um, and the other thing is, uh, as far as people forgiving him and all that stuff, I knew what it was when Fred Warner and Kittle both said, we had our negotiation con- our contract negotiations and – we're here for him, but he hasn't asked us anything. So that right there told me that this wasn't really about negotiating anything at all. He wasn't really unhappy because everything he said he was unhappy with, he turned around two weeks later and did it. I don't like going. I don't like being in Los Angeles. He's in Los Angeles partying it up. I don't like California. I'm not training in California. He's training in California. Everything that he said he didn't do or doesn't like to do or whatever, 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 he turned around and did it. This was all just a big ploy and a waste of time, but he went too far with that uh, Cowboys the Cowboys jersey thing for me. I, I, that, yeah, I, that's where really he lost me forever. That's why I'm just like, hey, dude, you can't be doing that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, um, I do think it's an interesting take that basically him and his agent were trying to get a preview of what these contracts would look like if he tested free agency after next season. Granted, he wasn't franchise tag. Well, think about it this way. He's got the three the three clients, right? DK has been the most healthy and the most productive. Then you have AJ Brown, who has had some injury issues, but has also been way productive. And then you have Debo, who's kind of had the most, right? But was had the most productive season out of any of them this last season. So you're trying to balance all these things. And it's no wonder that Debo came out and did all this stuff, but it was AJ Brown that got moved and got the new contract which kind of set he's like the middle road between the other two. So we'll see. And I think that there, I think there's a lot and I didn't think about it before Mike brought it up. I think there's a lot to that notion that, Hey, they're, they're trying to see what the value is for the three guys, because at least that way, and that gives the agent an out too. Right. Cause he's not going to sit there and be like, well, Debo, you've been injured. You haven't been as productive as the other two. So you shouldn't ask for as much. He's letting other people dictate, Hey, this is the value. This is the value. This is the value. And that helps him out and maintain his, his report to his clients. So I think there's a lot to that. Um, and, and, and I think that it's no wonder that the guy that is perceived as the least productive and most injured was also the loudest to try to set the market for the other two. Because they know the 49ers, because he was in the most secure situation. 49ers have been nothing but effusive about their praise for how much they love Debo Samuel. So Debo is in you know, the, the, the best situation in terms of being able to do that and getting away with it. You know, DK Metcalf, 
they trade away Russell Wilson. They can talk about keeping DK all they want, but that's that's a very, I mean, to me, I can't even believe that Pete Carroll is still there this year. He's certainly not going to be there after this year, right? That like that whole situation is is messed up. He's not going to want to sit there and take passes from from Drew Locke. The same thing with AJ Brown in Tennessee, you know, coming up on his contract, maybe doesn't necessarily like it there. Um, he's been a little injured. They bring in Julio. I mean, not that Julio has been fantastic or whatever, but that's also a team that could potentially start to be in transition as they move away from Ryan Tannehill. I mean, you know, they just drafted uh, the, the kid from Liberty. Um, I'm blanking on his name now. I, uh, 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 Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Um, they drafted Malik Willis. There could be transition there. Debo's in the most stable situation with the best team and the team that loves him the most so he can do those things. All right. I love it. Um, just had to share that little update on Debo Samuel. Um, moving on to Javon Kinlaw. I don't know if you guys have seen these videos I'm going to share right now. Um, Javon Kinlaw, man, it's looking like he might be back. So let's see. Uh, we've talked about his knee injury, the surgery that he had, the surgeons believing that they may have found exactly what was causing the issue, the root of the issue and he shared this to his story uh shout out to rsf niners they reposted the story so i'm gonna play it now i'm gonna mute it so we don't get copyright because there's music playing uh, but check this out definitely able to strengthen that knee he don't skip legs day that's for sure dude his, his legs are almost as big as nick bosa's so so I'm, I'm bulletproof like 50 cent. <laughs> Honestly, I know that I know that a lot of people were out on Javon Kinlaw. I understood the mechanism of, of what the knee was. And, you know, I've always been on the train. If he can get that knee fixed, that he was going to be something. I think that's going to be an arrival year for him, to be honest. I agree. I mean, we talked about it. And if they really could have addressed what was the root issue, he's a beast. I mean, we saw it last year just when he left with the injury how much the run defense declined until they were able to figure it out and plug these holes and they moved Armstead back in the middle. Um, but I do think that, hey, if he's back at full health, fully healthy, this is going to be a, a dangerous front seven for the 49ers. Um, Mike, are you as positive as Javon Kinlaw as myself and Matt are? Yeah, I might be, I might be more gung-ho about this guy. Um, I think he's going to be a very big difference maker. Um, and a couple months ago, he he was out talking. You know, he said, um, you know, lots of miles covered, but lots more to go. I'm still taking this one thing, uh, taking this thing one day at a time. Um, this organization revived me when I needed it the most. So blessed to be a part of this team. Like he, this guy is like he's he's ready. You know what I'm saying? And I think another thing is the the medical, the medical uh, advice and the the people that he was around the, the the facilities and the doctors that he had access to at South Carolina are way different than the ones that he has access to now that he's in the NFL and with a professional team. And so I, I think that you're going to see a, a bit of a turnaround here. Um, the, the strength exercises that he was doing there are just incredible. Like I, I sat there, I, I saw that video and I took a chair in my house and I tried to do that. No. I have, I have a bad left knee. I tore my tendons in it when I was in high school. And every once in a while, I never had any kind of corrective surgery. And if I play basketball too long, the, I still feel the, my knee jolting out of place, right? I tried it on my left leg. Mm -mm, no. Nah. Like, it's just, it's not easy. And you can see him losing his balance every once in a while, but he still brought himself back up on the one leg. And that's why they had the bench there underneath him. 
I I think this kid's going to make a, a very, very big comeback. And um, I'm talking like comeback player of the year type stuff. Like I, I, I expect that kind of production from him this year. No, I, I think it's absolutely. And, you know, just from a technique standpoint, right? Look how much you're able to work and develop when you're not worried about, oh, man, is my knee going to hurt today? Like, what am I going to get out of my knee? Is it going to be 80%? Is it going to be 60%? Am I going to have a good day, a bad day? When the knee is fixed, it's fixed, and then you don't have to think about it anymore, and you can go out there and you can just start mauling. Not to mention that the 49ers, on top of that, have brought in so many different pieces on that defensive line. I mean, we're talking about Drake Drake Jackson, who has a workout video where he's doing some, like, insane upside-down pull-up thing, like – Dude, there's some there's some bodies on this defensive line, and they're going to get after the quarterback. Not to mention that they brought in Charizard Ward. That we got people, you know. I mean, the the safety spot is a little is a little suspect, but I mean, overall, I'd say the secondary has been worked on, and they've poured draft capital into it with uh with uh, uh the kid from Penn State and Sam Womack and you know Charizard Ward. And, you know, it's still Emmanuel Mosley coming back. I mean, there's there's pieces there, right? Um, sometimes it's a little bit of addition by subtraction. No more Josh Norman. That's a good thing. Uh, so you're looking at this defense. This defense looks set up to be just a beast of a defense. And so, again, like George Kittle said earlier with Trey Lance, there's a lot of pieces around that are going to make that transition with that quarterback a lot easier. And for the 49ers to be able to slot in a healthy Javon Kinlaw next to Eric Armstead, who is much better as a defensive tackle than as an end. And then you have Drake Jackson and Sam Samuel Ebicam, or Samson Ebicam, excuse me, on that side opposite of Bosa, where you can rotate them and keep them fresh, which is only going to help Bosa out. I mean, dude, they're they're going to get after it big time. We've shown you guys. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Have you guys seen D, D Ford's uh, Instagram? Yes. Am I am I foolish to sit here and say that he's suggesting he's going to play again this year? I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when he first started posting these things. He's posting these highlights of himself and talking about, I can't wait to get after the quarterback again. I mean, I don't know. Matt has repeatedly told me that I'm foolish to expect anything out of him anymore because I keep getting let down. So, I don't know. If witches were fishes, we'd be living in an ocean. You know what I'm saying? Like... It's I don't see it happening with the mechanism, the injury that he has his upper back um, neck and he hasn't been able to do it for. I mean, we're, we're looking at the last season he played any extended amount of time was 2019. He played a couple games in 2020 and he hasn't been able to play since that's I'm sorry, man. I just prove me, prove me wrong and I'll gladly eat crow. But at this point. I think that the direction that they've moved with their draft picks, with with the way that they've been signing people, tell you what they think of D Ford. And I think it's more likely that he can't pass another physical and then they try to get him an injury designation to reduce some of that salary cap number. That's just my opinion. I have his Instagram pulled up and yeah, like five, six of his last seven of his last nine posts are 49ers related uh, sack highlights. Is and- it him like working out, though? Because Javon uh, Kinlaw goes, my knee feels better. Watch me do these one-legged squats. And D4's true. like, I can't wait to play football. Look at my old highlights. There's a difference there. 
No, that's a, that's a very, very, very good point. But the captions, though, like, I don't know. It's, it's the captions and the videos that were, like, getting me. Like, I yeah. don't know. But you, you are absolutely right. There, there are no workout videos or anything like that. No uh, I mean, running with parachute. Right? The, the power of positivity or whatever. Like, say, say you're affirming phrases because it, it gets you pumped up. I think that's a lot of what this is. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be back because he can't allow what if I'm not back into his mind because that'll derail the whole thing. The, the proof is in the pudding for me when I see Javon Kinlaw doing those sick one-legged squats with, on, on that knee that he got repaired. I'm like, okay, knee's fixed because you wouldn't be able to do that otherwise. Whereas like old highlights, that tells me you're living in the past and you know your best days are behind you and you're just trying to convince yourself that it's not. So then who's, likely, who's more likely to provide any kind of contribution to the 49ers this year? Well, easy, easy. D, no, 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 wait. D Ford? Uh-huh. Or Jason Verrett? I know my answer. Yeah, I think it's Jason Verrett. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Because, listen, and here's the thing, too, and I, I think that this is just from a medical point of view, you can't do anything without your core, right? Like, like it, it, he's, you're talking about an upper back neck injury. That's that's huge. And you're talking about a contact game where, where the way that he has to leverage himself – is against other players with contact, with that leverage pushing against that mechanism of your body the entire time. Jason Verrett, regardless of his lower body injuries, doesn't play the game at the same contact level that, you know, that D4 does. And I'll put it to you this way, too. The, the bar is really low. I think Jason Verrett will play like one or two games and then probably get hurt again. But I don't think D4 ever sees an NFL field again. So low bar for me. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you. Um, and also, I think, you know, J- Jason Verrett, although his injuries have been consistent, it's not a reoccurring injury that's keeping him out. It's, oh, this got hurt, this got hurt, this got hurt, but he's healed from each one I individually. I think this is his second ACL, but it's in the other knee, right? Yeah, yeah. So well, that, and actually, if if that's the case, um, it's, I think Odell Beckham is the same knee, which is con- very concerning to me, but... I don't know if Jason Verrett is the opposite knee, but there were studies that go out that you're far more likely to tear your opposite ACL if you have one tear than if you don't have any ACL tears and you're going to tear an ACL, if that makes sense. So I have his I have his injury history pulled up here. This is kind of crazy that this is like just readily available here. I know he did the um, Achilles. That's, I know that one. Yeah, it was his knee uh, uh, ACL tear uh, September 12th. And then it was the Achilles tear, 2018. Uh, 2019 was his knee patella sprain, it says. Um, so I only see, oh, ACL was 2016. This, this is all in the same leg, though. Everything is, I don't know if I'm allowed to sh- like put this up here. Can I flip my camera around? Oh, guess not. But if you guys can see that, it's all on the same side of his body. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, then two two ACLs in one knee, mate. That's yikes. Chance of injury in 2022, 95%. <laughs> you can see that. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is like, I, you know, but but Jason Fred is also on a one-year deal. Minimum amount of salary, right? Plays a less contact position. If you get anything out of Jason Verrett, it's like easy money. So, yeah, I, I, I just, just think, I think that he's more likely to play. I don't think D Ford is going to play at all. No, 
And, you know, like I was saying with D Ford, it's like the back slash core slash neck. It's the same thing that has consistently kept him out. Maybe he could play a little bit without practice. Maybe if he takes a couple of, oh, he only plays on third downs, whatever it is. It's that same injury. Whereas with Jason Verrett, Mike just showed you, it's, you know, five, four or five different injuries. I'll be, yes, on the same side of the body, but they're different individual injuries that he's been able to recover from and then play And that again. could just be dominance too, by the way. If he's right leg dominant, a lot of a lot of his right leg is going to take most of the brunt of like the harder cuts, the Oof. you know the initial steps, the explosive movements. You're going to lead with with your dominant. A lot of people injure their dominant uh, arms over their non dominant arms too for that specific reason. So D Ford has a less chance of being injured in 2022 than Jason Verrett. That's interesting. He's got an 82, whereas Jason Verrett had a 95. Make of it what you will, but it is it is interesting. I mean, I guess it's not a new injury if the same injury is messing them up. So I'd love to know how they come up with stuff like that. Like that, it just I don't know, so weird. That's that uh, secret sauce formula that PFF uses. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, guys, I think we're going to start to wrap things up here. If you have any questions, feel free to throw them in the chat. We'll answer them before we wrap things up. Um, Mike, any last things you want to get out that maybe we didn't cover? Um, no, not really. The uh, I'm trying to think what what happened with uh, Joe Montana recently. I saw a lot of people like, did he did he say or do something again online? Like, I know he's like anti Trey Lance, but like, was there anything new with Joe Montana? Like, Joe Montana and Steve Young's names were. I don't know. I know that Steve Young was on Rich Eisen's show and he was talking about how you don't like the whole Trey Lance isn't ready thing. He doesn't like that term because you haven't seen him. Like, when are you ever ready? You just have to go out and do it. Um, in terms of Joe, I don't know. I, it's the same thing with him. They're talking about how, oh, Trey, I, you know, people I've talked to said Trey Lance isn't ready. But also, I watched the Joe Montana, do, Joe Montana documentary, and he thought when he was coming back after that injury that Leonard Marshall gave him that he was still better than 1992 MVP Steve Young. So everything Joe says, I'm kind of taking with a grain of salt at this point. Um, he, he's he's going to have his opinions and his convictions, but I mean, he saying coming off of two years of injury that he was better than Steve Young after an MVP season, that's a, that's a little out there, man. So I got to take everything he says with a grain of salt at this point. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's just a weird situation for him to consistently try to add in his little bits. I remember like Super Bowl week, he was saying that, you know, oh, they should stick with Jimmy Garoppolo or some, something of the sort. Um, it is weird. Uh, Joe, when Steve Young was on trade. Close to home, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Replaced by the younger, more athletic guy. Yep. Um, but he recently, you said, Matt, Steve Young was on the uh, Rich Eisen, which I read what his quotes about Debo Samuel earlier show. Um, and he was talking about how Trey Lance, I believe he was talking basically about how he should just, uh, it will take some time, but he'll grow into it. And basically, again, mirroring his own experience from what he went through with Joe Montana. Um, it's interesting, these this kind of same situation that happened decades ago is similar to what's happening now. And both of these quarterbacks are coming out supporting the same quarterback that was in their position back then. So it is funny. Uh, Matt, how about you? Any Anything we didn't cover you want to talk about real quick? I just want to say that 
the smear campaign against Trey Lance is utterly ridiculous. And I cannot think of a person that I've ever rooted for more to succeed and rub people's faces in it than Trey Lance. I want this kid to have everybody eating crow because I know that there's petty 49er fans online, on Twitter, whatever, that are going to pull all the receipts for these assholes that are just making stuff up when they try to pull the, well, I knew it all along card because you know they're going to do it. You know they're going to do it. So I want Trey Lance to shut everybody up. And I think that after all of this, how could you not love the kid? How could you not root for the kid? Because everybody else seems to be rooting against him. It's it's utterly ridiculous. And I, I'm I'm going to be the biggest fan of Trey Lance simply for that reason. Simply because other people are not, you know, doing the right thing and, and being honest about what Trey Lance actually is and what expectations should be. They're making things up. They're telling stories. And I can't wait until Trey Lance comes out and proves all the doubters wrong. Okay. I like that. Uh, Fernando's asking if I think Alex Mack comes back. I've been on the yes side of this, but I'm kind of getting closer towards no, I don't think he's coming back. Oh, you're on my side now? I'm closer to that. I mean, I don't know. I, I would have hoped he would have announced it by now. His position, right? Like, yeah. they can't even get the man. When John, when John Lynch came out and said, oh, I'll let Alex make any announcements, that was when I was like, he's gone. And and this, the contract they gave to uh, was it Donovan West who who was yeah, I think that signals that they're at least anticipating he's not going to come back. Maybe there's still a chance. I, I don't know. What, what do you think, Mike? I'm not. I, I don't think he's going to come back. I think Trey Lance gives the Niners an opportunity to rework their offensive line. You know, if they had the uh, someone with less mobility or a higher rate of injury to the lower body, I think then you, it, I think the Niners would be like, please, Matt, come back, please come, come back, you know, return one more year. But um, with with a young guy like Trey Lance, if there's anywhere that you don't mind your your pass protection taking a step back, it's going to be directly in front of them. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to come in for the blind side or, you know, even from either one of the tackle positions. But the guard in the center, you have time to rework that and kind of let this young man see and feel his way through what he's going through. The transition to Trey Lance means Alex Mack is not as necessary to come back. And you even heard um, John Lynch and Kyle both say uh, about, oh, can a rookie center come in here and do what Alex Mack did for the Niners last year. They said no, but they also wouldn't have to. Our centers aren't required to read the defenses for the rest of the offensive line and things like that. So they're already kind of putting that out there that he's not necessary. If he comes back, great. But if not, like we don't need him. So I, I don't think so. I don't think he's coming back. Okay. Um, I think also, on that, I disagree with ahead. that comment, by the way, that, that Patrick Garcia made. Uh, Patrick Garcia said it's a race thing. I don't think that's why people are hating on Trey Lance. Black I think rights. it's because I love Jimmy. Yeah. Show me, show me, show me the, Af- the the black athlete that doesn't stand up for black rights. Like th- this, it's not, this is not like fans doing this. This is national media doing this too. Yeah, that's true. So I, I disagree with this. Is he, is he saying this is why some people don't like Trey Lance? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, he's saying that's why the smear campaign is going against Trey Lance, and I don't agree with that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Are there are there going to be scumbags out there that do feel like this? I'm sure there are because there's scumbags everywhere in the world. But in terms of like the mainstream media and stuff like this being reported on Colin Cowherd's show and things like that, I don't think that's it at all. Right. 
I agree. Uh, Ryan Harris, the Broncos player that we talked about. Um, I don't think that that's coming from a uh, Yeah, standpoint. I don't I don't think Ryan Harris is against black rights either. You know, yeah. he's not exactly a white dude. So but, and, and again, like you said, Matt, are there terrible people out there that but of course come? From, yes, definitely. Everywhere. But these are not the ones that these reports and sources say are coming from. So that's what we're talking about. We're, we're not even addressing the people that are, you know, right. Twitter My problem bots. comes when you watch people like Trevor Lawrence struggle through what he struggled with and Zach Wilson struggled through what he struggled with and Justin Fields struggled through what he struggled with and the dude that's played the least amount of games and had the best statistical performance out of all of them and who you could see has like the juice like that's the guy that you're going to pick on and single out nah dude there's something wrong there it, it and it goes to you know that that has nothing to do with with the person. I think it has to do with people's narratives in terms of players, and I think a lot of it has to do with people standing for Jimmy Garoppolo after he took him to the NFC Championship game and being mad that their boy is getting replaced. All right. On that note, I think we're going to wrap things up here. Hit like, hit subscribe. Um, if you do so, I am told that we will personally deliver goodies to your front door so hit like hit subscribe we are reaching our goal of six billion subscribers closer and closer every day hit subscribe guys it really does support the show drop a comment if you're watching after the show it helps the algorithm very scientific i won't get into it mike i want to thank you very much for coming on it's always a pleasure having you on uh let the folks know again you got a much larger show so i'm sure they already know but let the folks know where to find you yeah, if you guys are looking for us, man, find us at Nothing But Niners. Uh, you can spell that all the way out on YouTube, all right? Um, YouTube.com slash Nothing But Niners. Uh, I really wanted – oh, wait. Is it NB? Yeah, no, it is Nothing But Niners. I, was gonna say, I wanted to get NB Niners, but someone else has that already, believe it or not. So uh, we have to stick with the long, drawn-out Nothing But Niners spelled all the way out. And uh, over there, we're ready to rock and roll. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Yep, I love it. Go check out Nothing But Niners. Follow Mike on – uh twitter as well handles on the screen and yeah joey thank you for the reminder otas begin on monday so yep. next show we will be I think discussing the, all they that. show up in the building on monday they start practicing on tuesday yeah yeah okay um mike big papa wants to know does nbn have a schedule that you guys are on yeah uh regular scheduled shows are tuesdays and thursdays if you guys are on patreon we are going to start uh once otas begin actually so starting next week we're going to be doing at least two extra shows over there depends on what tier you're on we have three different tiers uh so it's patreon.com slash patreon.com slash nb9 ers uh select the tier that you want uh you're guaranteed to get at least two more shows over there depending on the tier that you're in um, but Tuesdays and Thursdays for nothing but Niners breaking news videos. And then when the regular season gets here, we are live on our Patreon during the entire game with the people. You guys are welcome to jump in and, and watch with us. That's dope guys. Go, go support them. Go check out the Patreon. Like Mike said, um, our handles are on the screen for Twitter. Go follow us on Twitter. You can follow 49ers hive at 49ers hive RGS pod at RGS pod. Um, before we wrap things up though, I got a new shipment of my Acre Gold. Yes. Look at this. There's that. Man, one of these actually has right. Here. The gold stamp is back, baby. The gold stamp is back. You guys can start subscribing, start start buying. Excuse me, gold for as little as fifty dollars a month. Um, shout out to Acre Gold because they are apparently don't have the banner. That's all right. They are bringing you the show today. So click the link in the description. Start buying gold for as little as fifty dollars a month. 
The days are over where you have to fork out hundreds of dollars to get these gigantic gold bars at your front door. Once you reach the market price of two and a half grams, Acre Gold will discreetly send you a gold bar in the mail. Uh, like I said, I am up to four of these babies. I know I have three boxes here, but one of them has two. Don't ask me why. That's just how it came. Um, and then you, there you go. Oh, actually, I was wrong. One of them actually has three. So I'm up to five bars of gold, two and a half grams. And I bought this all slowly over a long period of time. Um, it's, it's like an investment, you know, you put $50 away every month, but it's going towards gold. So again, click the link in the description, shout out to Acre Gold. It's only right to sponsor the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. Click the link in bio, start buying gold today. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. We appreciate all of you tuning in. We will be live probably again during the week or next week. And if not to go, and we're going to, we're going to start stepping up content too, as, as the season gets rolling. I'm actually glad that I finally got to do this with you on Mike. It's been a while yeah man it's always, it's always fun to bounce stuff off of people you know what i mean so i i i can't i told zach i really really enjoy being a guest on someone else's show it's just the time is so hard for me right now this day, especially this time of year but getting on here with you guys i had a blast i really did anytime man all right thank you everybody matt you want to go ahead and wrap things up for us absolutely uh thank you as always for joining us we love having you here again shout outs to mike from nothing but niners oh. who just we lost dipped. him. <laughs> we might have just lost him. That's fine. Um, but yeah, we love having you here as always. Um, it's it's the winning season, baby. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. He's gonna Trey is gonna prove the haters wrong this year. I can feel it in my guts. That all starts with the OTAs. It starts with tight end university. It starts with all this stuff. Football season is just around the corner, guys. So thank you as always again for joining us. And until next time, go Niners.